Hey, Peaceniks. This episode of the Peace on Drugs podcast is in no way affiliated with Skittles. Taste the rainbow. Fear the rainbow. Hey, guys. Ronnie Rainbow here, and I am high on fructose. And you could get high with me if everyone would just taste the rainbow. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, everyone. It's Rosie Rainbow. Not now. What's going on, Rosie? There are a bunch of reporters here. They're asking about your past. My past? Who did you work for before Skittles? Before Skittles? I had a lot of jobs. I, I sold cologne. I worked for Shoe Carnival. Hey, everyone, buy the first pair of shoes. Get your second pair half off. Ronnie. Ronnie. Yeah? Did you work for Purdue Pharma? They're saying a tape has surfaced from Peace, Nicks. Just having a little fun. Ronnie Rainbow's in a little bit of trouble there. Um, so today I had a great conversation with Amanda from the Psilocybin Academy. We talked about psychedelic therapy, the new research that's being done, laws that are changing, loosening the government's death grip on amazing plant medicines. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Remember, follow us on Twitter at Peace on Drugs Podcast and Instagram. Go to thepeaceondrugs.com, subscribe to our newsletter. Let's dive into this week's episode with Amanda from the Psilocybin Academy. America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug Drugs abuse. are menacing our society. Your thoughts on the drug problem? I had a great time doing drugs. So tonight, from our family to yours, from our home to yours, thank you for joining us. This the piece on drugs. All right. So Amanda, uh, tell us about Psilocybin Academy. Yes. Thank you. First, thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Um, Thanks for so, being on. So, thank you. Um, Psilocybin Academy, we are a few things. Um, um, an informational and educational hub for many topics of around psychedelics, um, alternative medicine, plant medicine. Um, so we share research, how-tos, um, we advocate for responsible drug use. Um, we collaborate with research centers and universities. We fund open source research, um, promote plant medicine alternative products. We have just launched our own cryptocurrency <laughs> to right, right you know, bridge, yes. that, uh, bridge those two worlds sort of in line with these trends that are happening. So that's exciting. We have our own clothing line. 
um, hosting pop-up yoga, drug-infused <laughs> yoga sessions. Really? And um, yeah, in future, we hope to, I mean, we're curating our own drugs, psychedelic and not psychedelic. And we hope to um, grow our own magic mushrooms and do our own research on them. So to, for the therapeutic benefits of them. Very cool. And so the cryptocurrency that you just launched, it's called Silicoin. Is that how we say it? Silicoin? Yes. Yes. Silicoin. Yeah. And so I was wondering what the gap is. It said it was, um, let's say here, fill, fills the gap financially in experimental markets. So is the gap due to uh, legal issues with banks that use traditional currencies, or is it more just underfunded or um, big pharma pushback? What, what's causing the gap yeah. in funding? Yeah, I think a bit of everything you just mentioned, and that's sort of the way that some of the trends are going right now, just to, to get around the um, the barriers that are existing in place for psychedelic access and use. Like I'm in Canada, it's a bit different where I am um, than in America. But I think it's just one of the methods, one of the ways, you know, we are finding to to increase the accessibility of, of people getting these, you know, substances, because right now mm -hmm. it's it's quite limited still. Um, it's more accessible here in Canada. But um, yeah, I think it's just the way the way things are going right now as a as a form of accessibility. And um, gotcha. And, and the coins helping to fund some of these things. Yeah, I, exactly. Uh, so I have a question about Canada. So in the U.S., we don't have any uh, psilocybin centers. Well, not in Florida where I live. I know that Denver is supposed to be opening up some, I believe, Portland and uh, yeah. even Washington, D.C. But um, yeah. for the most part, this is all new. It's not really they're working on it. I think California is working on a bill with the wording, trying to figure out how to do it. But are there centers in Canada where you can actually go and do psilocybin sessions right now? We're, we're like right in right in the midst of, of things just opening up. I believe in Calgary, there is, there is one. Um, it's still like, it's definitely still in its infancy phases of there being places where you can go do this. But I believe in um, research centers and universities, it's being done in very controlled um, environments. Like there are clinical trials being um, conducted in, you know, John Hopkins and NYU, for example. So in those settings, I do believe it's happening, but I think we're in that early phases still where a lot of the therapists are being trained for, for this role, right? Because it's so new. And so, yeah, I think that's in really small pockets, it's happening. Same within America. I mean, in South America too, some places in Europe as well. Um, but again, I think we're in that really early, early stages, like just this past year, uh, psilocybin was decriminalized in multiple states right mm -hmm. so this is like we're like right right in there and yeah so we're partnering with um uh university in portland oregon i think they're pretty they're more um you know innovative there and so i think it's gonna look like that for a while like certain states just starting right because this yeah is one at a time and then you have to kind of wedge the door we really need the federal government to do something about it and they're not doing it because yeah. it's like mississippi and a lot of the southern states they're not going to come around to any drug policy changes unless the federal government makes them so yeah i was reading that. about yeah just in the last month or two um i was just reading this online the fda is approving or it's giving funding for um psychedelic therapy for you know tobacco addiction and different um there was one or two examples, but that's a first, at least what I was reading on that article, a first since the 1970s. Yeah, so since the, the, after that's the hippie movement. Big deal. Yeah. Yep, they so shut I everything down. 
yeah, that goes to show this big change transformation that we're in. I, I I'm excited about it. And I, you know, I've been doing psychedelics since I was 16, which is yeah. too young. I don't think I should have started that young. And when you start at 16, no one's guiding you. You're just, somebody gives it to you at school and you all of a sudden have a crazy experience that kind of goes good and bad and back and forth. But ultimately now as an adult that when I do them, I do them with intention and make sure I got the right set and setting. And I've had really, really great experiences and it's helped me with depression and, and addictions and things like that, even the, like cigarettes. And so a lot of people are seeing uh, the, the cigarette addiction is a big one because this is a extremely addictive substance and people do these drugs and the drugs open up their mind and show them their addiction from like an outside perspective. They can see themselves for the first time. Exactly. So it helps. Oh, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, the, the research, the evidence coming out from these, from these trials that have been going on the last few decades um, for yeah, tobacco um, addiction, the opioid crisis happening right now, alcoholism, um, many different cocaine, many different drug addictions. Um, I mean, the research is just, the outcomes are hard to ignore when it comes to these um, amazing benefits that these people are having um, for mental health illnesses as well, depression, anxiety. I mean, these results are, are totally like mind blowing. And the, I, one of the things I find so interesting is that they're having such positive benefits and outcomes for what they have termed treatment resistant conditions. So treatment resistant depression, for example, you know, after all these decades from when this, those modern medications and pharmaceuticals were being prescribed, saying, oh, wait, you know, something isn't working here, something's not right. And it could be said that that's one of the reasons is because they were, they're suppressing, right? Those medications are suppressing a lot of the underlying emotion. Um, yes. Just things that don't really get to the root cause. And I think that's one of the main things about um psychedelics and psychedelic therapy is that they work to get to the root cause, the root thing, the core thing underneath that's, you know, underneath, underneath the addic addiction or whatever it is. So exactly. Johan Hari in his book, uh, chasing the screen, or was it lost connections? He referred to it as addiction is that you're looking at the smoke, the building's on fire. And if you don't put the fire out, blowing the smoke away is not going to help. And when that's, exactly. we're not uh, fixing the core problems, which is a lot of times childhood trauma and these things exactly. and doing a psychedelic experience can help you deal with these things that you haven't been able to deal with. MDMA has been, uh, there've been a lot of positives about that and psilocybin LSD in this country. I was looking at your Blotterville thing, which is kind of cool. Yeah. LSD in this country is there's no way that they're going to anytime soon. I don't think they're going to let us uh, experiment with that. Everything that I I'm pretty certain that most of the, uh, legalization has been or decriminalization has been through plants not uh, comp uh, compounds like lsd with the exception right. i think of oregon's decriminalization right i mean yeah there's still a lot of positive um research outcomes with lsd and, and multiple other psychedelic drugs that might be more popular in you know south um south america like or Ibogaine or exactly africa so they're they've the research is out there it's been done and now these studies are kind of showing what the ancient you know wisdom and the cultures and the indigenous people have known for so long they didn't need science to, to prove this right it was the reality they knew that they were in harmony with the nature with the plant medicine with mother earth and so they of course they used these things very intentionally and in 
and in ceremonies and had tremendous healing benefits and effects from them. And they, they knew how to treat them with respect and so on. So yeah, they were much more in touch with the natural world. Yeah. And I think that's what it's, I think that's what is so needed. One thing that's so needed right now in this overstimulated, stressed out um, society that so many people are feeling. Right. And so it connects us to that nature, which is us, right. We are extensions of, of nature. So it connects us to, to ourselves and the psychedelics allow basically to access, like you were saying, the psyche, the, the, to process the unprocessed emotion, to release trauma, memories, heavy, heavy, heavy stuff that we carry that, you know, we use substances to cover up. And that's so profound. Like when the, uh, when these substances are used with intention, like you said, of course you could just go and trip and just get high. Right. And you'd have a great time or, or whatever. And sometimes you you might accidentally, you might accidentally have a transcendental experience where you, it does something positive, but you also could accidentally have a bad experience if you're not in the right right setting. So I think that's why one of the reasons like there's there now it's this movement towards the therapeutic things and the controlled settings is because you're going to have a guide there with you, a trained, someone who's been trained and not just that, but psychedelic assisted therapy is combined with traditional talk therapy or psychotherapy. So you're not just having this big, you know, trip or this big transformative experience, even if that was a positive experience. And then you're going back in your day-to-day life, like, wait, so how do I, wait, how do I bring that feeling back right or even if you go to some ceremony somewhere else you have this really amazing experience you your perception is totally expanded but then you go back to your life and it's like after some days and weeks you're kind of like wait so how can I bring that back and that's why I think this psychedelic assisted therapy is going to be and is so powerful because someone is there with you someone is following up with you there's it's ongoing to to bring that into to integrate it basically yeah um integrate those experiences yeah, it's kind of like a western off. westernized version of the shamanic ritual you know because we have because they had somebody there to guide them it was all intention was set that's what the um the native american church does with the peyote ceremonies michael poland's talking right. about it in his book and he's he said that it was always done for a reason like a rite of passage or someone was going off into the military so there was so a reason to do it they would all get together and do it together and set intentions and it wasn't like a party experience like like some of our culture has done but yeah so i have a question um one thing i'm concerned about because we talked about how it can help addiction and help mental health and i think it's such a powerful experience that can be so i mean because like you said you brought up the opioid crisis we had uh 93,000 overdose deaths in the u.s last year about 70,000 related to opioids most of them fentanyl and i just did a whole special about that that's because it's there's a lot there but um, if these mushrooms and these things could help people, like we have ketamine clinics here. That's the only thing we have, but they, they offer right. addiction right. recovery, but they're $4,000 and you have to pay cash. So how many addicts are going to be helped when you, you have to have $4,000 cash, your insurance won't pay for it. And I'm worried right. that this is going to ha- happen with psilocybin, at least at first, it's going to be a very elitist kind of therapy. Right. So it's just adding another barrier for people who need help the most. That's- right. People that can afford $4,000, a lot of them aren't in the place that need the help. Most addicts don't have $4,000. For sure, 100%. And that's that's a systemic problem, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
that's going to need to be for sure addressed and different ways. I, that's what I mean. I think we're so early in these stages of like how this is going to work, but that's a great point you bring up. I mean, there needs to be alternatives that are more affordable and accessible for people who need it the most. Otherwise it's the problem won't really get resolved. Exactly. So I think that's something we need to, as we move forward with everything, we need to try to push for accessibility with, um, mm-hmm. with these therapies because they're very important therapies and they don't, you know, we need to. Yeah, wider. I was a hundred percent. I was reading like there are many, many therapists and people in um, who would be um, appropriate for this role currently being trained exactly for these purposes. So hopefully, I mean, because we need, we need the people, right. And because it's so new, the credentials are sort of, you know, still up in the air. So I think that's all happening very, very slowly. Um, Yeah. I think we're in the works. Very cool. So how did you get involved? What what brought you into the psilocybin Academy? Um, I'm a researcher by that's, that's what I went to school for, um, university and my, my postgrads. So I, I like research. I like analyzing what's out there, bringing together, you know, synthesizing what's there. And I like psychedelics (laughs) and I, you know, as a seeker, as a truth seeker myself and how I've used psychedelics over the years and how I've used them, the way I've used them has changed. Like you were saying, like, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was younger, we would you don't know, you don't really know the whole spectrum of what you're really doing. So yeah, there would be some bad trips here and there, but as I, you know, progressed on my path and started using them with intention, I had really profound experiences. And um, I know that they connect us to the inner divinity that's there, the nature that's there. Um, when we can shut off the, the ego mind, let's say, or when we can quiet mm-hmm. that, the program, the mental programs that are constantly running, there is an inner self-healing mechanism. There is an intelligence within us that is doesn't need anything. It doesn't need us to try and control that. It is just there and it works. And it's that's when people say, you know, we are like we they're God within us or something, um, yeah. whatever term you want to use. So when we allow ourselves to go into those states, psychedelics is one t- tool for that, that innate self-healing mechanism turns on. And, you know, you don't, psychedelics is one way. Now we're seeing, you know, meditation, breath work, other things that can allow us to enter those states. On, yeah, there are many you know, ways. Through. And yeah. now I think, yeah, we're at that stage where um, things like yoga, meditation, breath work are becoming accepted in the culture, right? So I think Definitely. collectively, we are ready for this expansion of consciousness. And especially, you know, with the lockdowns, people have had that chance to go inside and to really go, hmm, okay, wait, you know, what do I, how much do I really know? How much do I really know my mind? And what, what getting just different relationship with the self and the body mind connection and so on. So yeah, I had some really profound experiences and I had, was looking for work. And I just reached out just intuitively to um, two psychedelic psilocybin accounts on Twitter. And it just worked out. I just reached out offering and um, yeah, it really worked out. Very cool. Really cool job. I, um, 
Yeah, what you were saying about people going into other things like yoga, meditation, there's other ways to us reach these places. I think it's cool because if people start with psychedelics, you know, they go to a place, they can go to a place and do the psychedelics. That's a good place to start to learn how to use, you know, your tools of your mind. But then to continue it going, you can, you know, get into yoga and meditation for long-term positive effects. And you kind of learn through psychedelics how to get better at things like meditation. And I've gotten way more into meditation. Actually, I even have an app on Oculus that's called Trip. And it's like a kaleidoscope in front of you. And it kind of, so it's almost like a psychedelic experience. And I do it every morning and go into the kaleidoscope and get that feeling throughout your body, the energy that flows through you. And like, that's such an important way to feel because you got to stop the incessant flow of that voice that just is saying, you're not doing this right. You're not doing that right. And you're always stuck in the past, worried about things that happened in the past and worried about things, what's going to happen in the future. You're never right here. Psychedelics have a way to just pull you right into this moment. Right into the present. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's one of the things. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what you said. Uh, One of the things I was reading about uh, preparing is that it turns off sort of this, this, that constant chatter and allows to go right in in the present moment i don't remember exactly the the terms but the the default mode network right it allows us to shut to quiet down that subconscious that ego mind that's constantly running and it actually allows to penetrate the the central nervous system you know we are so overstimulated we're so not in our bodies that it makes any type of healing you want to do is really really hard when the nervous system is damaged and i'd say collectively that's true for a lot of people so to allow that nervous system repair to calm the mind and i think that's part of this paradigm shift that's happening is that people are seeing a way like how you know what i'm thinking and just seeing the connection the body mind connection and everything and how it affects everything really and so getting to that allowing the, the body like I said, in there, that inner self healing mechanism to turn on once we're relaxed or once the nervous system says, okay, it's calm now, it's safe now, rather than this constant fight or flight thinking we're under attack or stress, um, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty damaging, especially over, over time. Definitely, definitely. That's the one we've evolved to have these mechanisms to, for survival. And we now live in a world that we don't need them. But we, but so someone cuts you off in traffic, you're like, you feel danger. Your lizard brains goes, you have to do something about this. And you freak out and none of that had to happen. You just take a breath and keep, keep going, you know? So we have to figure out a way to live in this modern world that we did not evolve to be in with all these technology screens in front of us. Everything's colored. Boom, boom. Advertisements are a big problem. They, um, they tell people what they're not and what they could be. And constantly people have to deal with these things. And when you take it, but for me, See, I, I let, we have 11 Florida, so it's always beautiful outside. Well, sometimes it's super hot, but right now it's beautiful. So eating some mushrooms and going in the backyard with the fire, with the trees around us, it's just the most getting in touch with nature, no television, the dogs. It's just a great experience being pulled into nature. There was, it reminds me of this article um, or this thing that was in Johan Hari's book about there was an accidental experiment with the prisons. There was a prison built and on one side of the prison, all the windows faced a brick wall. That's all they, they could see. And on the other side of the prison, it faced farmland. So they could look out in farmland. And the medical records of all the prisoners over years, there were like a, a whole higher percent, you know, a lot more sickness, not even just mental sickness, but physical sickness on those that couldn't see out into the natural world. 
We right. need the natural world. That's where we're a part of. And we keep trying to separate ourselves from it and it's not working. So yeah. that's one thing I love yeah. about psychedelics is it brings you, it makes you feel a part of the natural world. Yes, 100%. And because we are. Right? Because we and are, exactly. Back, you know, in in before this, this, this modern world, that's exactly how, especially back with, you know, when it was tribal communities and things like that, we were connected, we were in tune with the the cycles you know the cycles of nature the cycles of of you know the planets everything like that and we knew how to how to thrive with with the land and that's totally disconnected now right and so these are for sure a tool that helps us and just to feel to feel what's underneath and to come up and to give that incessant chatter a break i will say i will preface like i will say they might not be for everybody right i think maybe not for everybody but for the person for a certain person at a certain time in their life could be totally life-changing to have it i agree and the people that wouldn't be for is from what i've read are people that are prone to bipolar or are bipolar or have it in their family or schizophrenia is the big one but um the thing about that the problem i have with that is not to say I, if you're if you have schizophrenia in your family and you're, and you're worried about that 100% take the way that you makes you you know you feel safest don't do the, don't do the experiments like if you're in job hopkins i think if you have anybody in your family with schizophrenia they will not include you in the trials but the thing is is in the 60s when every the, when psychedelics reached this peak of popularity we did not see a rise in schizophrenia it was about one in 100 people are schizophrenic diagnosed schizophrenic and after the 60s, it was still one out of 100. And I feel like if psychedelics were directly causing schizophrenia, then you would have seen a, a spike in the numbers of schizophrenics. Right. We didn't. Yeah. So the idea is that people, when they start experimenting with psychedelics, typically are you know late teens, early 20s. And that's also when schizophrenia will usually, you know, if you have it, that's when it's going to come out. So I think it's, we're seeing a correlation with they did psychedelics and so it could be a traumatic trip that triggered it, but it would have been something else. You know, what do you think about this? Right. Or, or, I mean, another idea could be if someone has those conditions already, would the psychedelic cause just a very bad trip or like an adverse reaction from it? Right. That could be. It could be, and it could trigger what would the gene to turn on to flip on the switch to where now, now you're going to start having the, the voices or whatever yeah. you know, the symptoms yeah. are of that it's specific. An yeah. And, an but the thing reaction. is, it probably would have happened. I mean, I hate to say like, there's definitely, it's a really scary subject. If you, if you can avoid getting schizophrenia by all means, whatever you have to do. And if it means abstaining yeah. from drugs, the rest of your life, do it. Like it's not sure. worth it. But I just don't know that that they're going to find the studies are going to find that they actually are causing schizophrenia because, like I say, when more yeah. when you have a certain uh, whole group of people that do psychedelics, they have the same number of schizophrenic diagnoses as a group that doesn't. So yeah, and in research, you know, anyway that um, correlation does not or cause it doesn't imply correlation doesn't improve cause approve causation, right? You, right? you can't you can't try to make that claim at all. So I think that was part of this whole thing from the social, political, uh, cultural pushback from the 60s and 70s with all of these, you know, psychedelic, they were labeled as, you know, many things, I'm sure. Um, There's a lot of things we could say about that time, right? Like they, whoever it is, the powers that be. Well, they didn't like the anti-war movement. And they didn't want, yeah, didn't want people to, 
you know, expand their consciousness. And um, well, let's not forget the CIA with MK Ultra and everything. They they yeah. tried to use it for mind control. That's what they wanted to. When they realized the opposite effect happened, yeah, and they're banning it. They're like, all right, you can't have it. We're not able to control you. You actually are thinking even more for yourselves. You're not even wanting to go fight in this Vietnam War. We can't have right. you doing this. It's like. Yeah. So let's put it with schedule one right beside heroin. And that's crazy. And so, and that's exactly what is, is changing right now. Right. With these, with these studies coming up. Um, And yeah, that's. Well, the idea that they can ban a natural plant and that I could go to jail, I've been arrested for marijuana. It's like, how, how do you like, it's this natural plant that's been here way before any of you got, you know, any of these laws ever existed. They said that the founding fathers of, of our, constitution would have included the right to natural medicines but they never thought in their wildest dreams that they would ever be outlawed so they didn't have to include it but like yeah. the right you know so i just think whereas, we'll go ahead. yeah whereas like the research um multiple there was like a very intensive um systematic review of the most harmful you know drug or substance out there and across every measure it's alcohol Alcohol is as like there was a point scale. I think alcohol is 76. The next most yeah. dangerous was was heroin at like 50 something and yeah. then meth at 30. So alcohol, because they also rated on not just how dangerous it is for you, but how dangerous it is for people for around you while you're yeah, on. Yeah, of course. So. And so the fact that alcohol is so normalized and these things growing from the earth are are not is that's exactly that paradigm shift. I think that we are going through right now and definitely are. I I think people are just, you know, waking up to that. Like, and I think we're ready. I think, I think collectively that's, we took these decades. I mean, um, society has changed so much over these last few decades. And now, especially with the slowing down, I think people are ready and, you know, just, the expansion of consciousness that's happening it's going to happen no matter what just with the cosmology happening that's supporting this expansion so psychedelics are the perfect tool for people to explore explore their own minds and to make their own decisions and not be sort of sucked into the 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 narrative that's um constantly we're constantly bombarded with exactly and i think that it's harder for the propaganda of the drug war to continue especially with medical marijuana now, because a lot of the older generation that were extremely brainwashed by the propaganda are now using it medicinally and realizing that they were lied to. They, they, they can say yeah. this, this stuff, stuff it's like my grandson was arrested for this. Like what? Yeah. So, and I think it's kind of interesting too, that a lot of this is happening through technology. We all have instant access to information. And I think it's pretty cool that Steve Jobs and, you know, had the psychedelic experience, helped him kind of create the technology and then right. in silicon valley you have people microdosing creating codes so like the psychedelics are actually working with us to create the technology that's allowing us to bring them more into the you know, mainstream right. which is really a beautiful thing that's happening it is yeah it is and it's it's you know like I, it's this this sort of innate intelligence this creative intelligence that that is within all of us like no one is sort of you know, has more of this or something, it's about how much we can access it. And so that's, that's, that's in all of us. And that is a beautiful thing. And we, why not? We need more, you know, creativity and, you know, not just like repeating the same sort of things and listening to these outside external sources. And so this, it's incredibly empowering and, um, and healing. And 
like what you said about the propaganda the the um the media and the the technology i mean with these outcomes coming out and being published and especially all these you know with maps and um john hopkins you can't we can't ignore that that's not going to be ignored so i think we're headed i think we are in a really positive direction right now um this these clinical clinical sort of science is just proving supporting what has been known by many people for a long 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 time i agree and um what you said about creativity i think that's an important part because we've we've all benefited from you know for music's the best example of course from all the great music that came from started in the 60s and you know came out from the the whole counterculture and i think it's um like we ha- we ha- drugs are like this is i'm drinking caffeine here in my cup of coffee so yeah. we're, we're constantly <laughs> using drugs whether it's yeah. caffeine alcohol nicotine but um one thing that the uh i think it was in michael poland's book he talked about was spotlight consciousness versus lantern consciousness and the idea is spotlight consciousness is what caffeine gives you or meth mm-hmm. or um, adderall whatever upper like stimulants it's, yeah, it gets you very focused but you can't yeah. see outside of just what you're focused on versus right. the plasticity of the mind on psychedelics is more of a lantern. So while you don't have extreme focus in one area, you can see so much wider of an area. So this is how people get creative. They, they're not thinking right here. They're, they're able to think and move their you know, thought patterns around. And I think that the more people can have these experiences, the more we're going to see creative uh, creativity you know, in music and all other areas of our lives, we're going to see more of this happening as people are able to have these experiences versus having a cup of coffee and then getting blind drunk at the end of the night or whatever. Sure. Yeah. It connects um, a lot of the neural pathways and it just makes a lot of different connections in the brain that like we talked about the, the, the consistent mental chatter that repeats actually Mm -hmm. the subconscious mind just repeats itself and it takes you to the past or present and the psychedelic breaks that totally breaks that and allows all these new connections to be made and allows that inner that inner creativity to come out and I think we are seeing that this this creative renaissance that we're in um, is pretty undeniable and so I think we're only going to go you know continue in this positive direction I think there's yeah those barriers that we have to sort of um address and maybe you know things can be done in slightly less formal um settings I think you know people are really um creative with that and there might be other options for people I I think they're they're with uh they're trying to be careful this time it's the 60s were like a free-for-all and and the government shut it down so now it's like all right the government's letting us do a little bit let's be careful. Let's not make it a big party thing. Let's not make it, let's make sure that we're, we're being very responsible. And if we do it that way, they're going to let us keep doing it. And I hate to talk. So it sounds like a Orwell novel. The government's going to let us do a little bit of, if, we, if we're it, careful, but, but that's how it reality. is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's how it is. And that's, but you know what, because this truth is, is because it's so, I don't know how to say it, because there's so much truth or evidence or a positive benefit of these i think that's okay for now because it's the truth is going to come out right through these really uh monitored sessions like that's okay right now right because then it gives it gives the audience and the collective say oh okay wow so even in even in those really controlled environments you know they're staying overnight maybe with the therapist or they're being monitored through this whole trip through this whole experience say and i think that'll ease a lot of people um mm-hmm. the the previous per- perception about it right which is obviously very rapidly 
transforming right now. And so I think, I think it's totally okay that it is a bit monitored right now. Well, definitely because we don't want to go too far and have them just shut the whole thing down again. And that, that could happen. We lost 30 years of research of what we could, what we could have learned about consciousness in those 30 years. We'll never get back. And I I would be terrified of the thought of that happening again and us losing all this. And something that's really kind of exciting is um, the safety and efficacy of these studies are all coming back like really, really, really positive. Like they're safe. Mm -hmm. They are being safe. And so I think it would be a different story if, you know, they were coming out with people having a lot of adverse effects or like damage, something, you know, damaging happening, but that's not, that's not what we're seeing. Um, Maybe a tiny bit like here and there, but um, overall, I think uh, the results are just overwhelmingly positive. And so that's, I think, propelling this and the FDA, the U.S. giving funding to, to fund these um, uh, psilocybin or uh, the psychedelic therapy or treatments is a, is a really big deal and shows how much we are changing and progressing right now. Yeah. Um, have you heard of any of the studies? Uh, Paul Stamets brought it up in a podcast. Um, he's the mycologist. Uh, he said something, there was some study about in the prisons, they asked everybody if they'd had any experience with uh, psilocybin mushrooms. And then the people that had answered yes, were a certain percentage less likely to have committed a violent crime to get in there. Hmm. Something like that. I, I no, shouldn't no, have I that, yeah. It's interesting. I know there, there was a study done with people that they gave they gave mushrooms and they gave a placebo, and after they got out of prison and saw how many went back. But the problem was Timothy Leary. Uh, he fudged the the data and it ended up not. He made it look way oh, better, okay. better than it actually was. He I, I like Timothy Leary, but I, I don't know that he did, a lot of what he did did not help the movement at all. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Well, what I don't know I don't know the the details of that, but for sure it would reduce the violence and, you know, things like alcohol uh, or other stimulants. It helps with empathy. And yeah. So if you, if you can improve your empathy that, and your understanding that it's not all you, it's you're connected to a world, then you're less likely to want to hurt somebody or even. Sure. In a, yeah. So well, people have these experience like, Oh, I felt, I felt the oneness or, you know, you, so you just, it opens up the heart too, to, to the compassion and the, and the love and the, the empathy and the, the relation with, with our world, it removes a lot of victimhood, which is um, I think a lot of people get kind of sucked into their own victimhood. And that just continues the cycle of the self-loathing or the doing kind of destructive behaviors that just continue because the beliefs, you know, everything that we think about ourselves, feel about ourselves, believe about ourselves, that's been since childhood in the, since the childhood conditioning, that's why the psychedelics are so powerful because it just, just breaks through, kind of crashes those, what you could call, you know, the beliefs or illusions or whatever it is. Um, And that is so, so profound for the person who is ready for that ready to receive that, ready to undergo that type of transformation and um, yeah, a re- rebirth really, death and rebirth, those those indigenous kind of the spiritual things that have been talked about for, for so long, now it's becoming more, it's starting to become accepted and- It is. Uh, one of the things you were talking about, the uh, it reminded me of, I can't remember who said it, but have you heard the snowy snowy hill analogy? The idea that when we have snowball. a thought, what is it? Like the snowballing? No, no. It's a, it's like a snowy, like a snowy hill. Like, so imagine 
your your consciousness has a hill, a snowy hill, and and every time you have a thought, a sled goes down and creates a groove. And the more you have one thought pattern, the more it's you can't get out of that groove. Once you start going down, that you're going to go yeah. down. So what a psychedelic experience does is it just levels the snow. So mm -hmm. the grooves are gone. Now you can still have that thought, but you're not stuck in that groove. You can kind of pull it wherever you want. So you can move away from the way you were thinking. So I like that analogy a lot. It just kind of levels the snow yeah. and gives you a chance to re rethink those incessant thoughts. Right. And we can quite literally become uh, victims of the, those thoughts can feel like they're taking over, right? People get, you know, if you're having anxiety or depression, like you are under these certain, these attachments or these, these plugs to these thoughts that really are just like overrunning, they're bombarding you. It's like, and I think that's why, you know, when the medication started with the depression or whatever, whatever was going on in the seventies, people were so willing to try whatever, whatever it takes to get, to get relief from that. And so it would, it, you know, the medication would suppress, suppress that or so on, but it, it was still suppressing those, the root cause, the underlying thing. Exactly. So now like all these decades later, they're still depressed saying, saying like, oh wait, like that didn't really improve my quality of life. It's just sort of numbed something. And psychedelics is more like, no, we're going to go straight through. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's why the psychedelic experience can be tough. It's not always going to show you just immediately love. You're going to have to go through and deal with some hard things, but in the end, you're going to come out better. Yeah. It's really oh. tough. And that's why I said, I don't, I don't know if it's for everybody at every stage of, of their lives. Right. Yeah. It, it's not for everybody, you know, and it's not going to be, but for the people that does help, it's, it's a remarkable thing. And, yeah. um, I wanted to ask you, I meant to ask you earlier, but you, the drug infused yoga, we kind of, I was curious, have you done that? Um, so this will be our first um, pop-up yoga. This is going to be happening in Portland, I believe in January, next January, there's tickets on sale on our, um, on our e-store. Um, I believe it's, you know, bring your own cannabis. And I believe from what I understand, they, we will be providing amounts of psilocybin. Really? In, in Portland. That's in Portland, yeah. Very cool. And um, that's awesome. I, I love this idea. I, you know, mixing those two together. Yeah, to, to just get, a, I guess, an even deeper and like that community sense, right? You're going to be in oh, a yeah, room definitely. with not too many people. You're, I think it's under 10 or so. Um, and so there's that intimacy, there's that connection, like in a ceremony. Very cool. Well, um, so if people want to help the cause, one thing they can do is they can buy tickets to the event on, that's on your website? Yes, yes. The, okay. the East River there where we have our, there's a, a clothing line, the crypto there. We have, I believe we have drug testing kits as well. For like, um, uh, for, for every, what kind of drugs? Um, that's they, a good question. Just like it would just test, I think, testing the substance to right. just the, the quality. And because, um, you know, people are sometimes getting sold stuff. That's in this country, it. people are getting all kinds of stuff. That's not what they wanted. If you're getting buying heroin, it has fentanyl. If you're buying LSD, it's a lot of it's in bomb and these other things. Yeah, but in yeah, countries like yeah. Spain, uh, they, they allow the government actually does testing because it's decriminalized. They are seeing pure LSD, MDMA, like 90 percent of the drugs there are pure because of the testing. Here, 90% right. of the stuff's adulterated. So you don't know, yeah, you don't even know where it's coming from, really. And that's that's pretty dangerous. 
It's, yeah, that's, it's extremely dangerous and it's also, it's just unnecessary. There's no reason if the government doesn't want to allow legal drugs, that's one thing, but to, for users at a, at a rave or at a dance party, not to be able to get their drugs tested and like dance safe is one of the companies here in the electric forest actually had dance safe leave. And this is the place that would test your drugs for you. If you're having a bad experience, they'd help you out, but they were asked to leave because the, the promoters of the organization were worried that if they were there, it would amount to them admitting that there's drug use there or that they knew there's drug use, which makes them a violation of uh, the rave act. So people died because of that. People that got adulterated drugs. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's totally backwards. So that's cool. So you guys have the drug test or testing kits available on your e-store. And um, yeah, a lot of exciting sort of projects like in the works and um, we'll be continuing to sort of, you know, come up and announce and post everything. We're pretty transparent in that way. And um, yeah, hopefully down the line, we have our own mushroom dispensaries and um, conducting our own research. That's cool. I did see those little packets of um of micro they were like microdosed. Um, it was on a, one of the articles, but they were like microdose like gummies or something, psilocybin. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if they, those were um, psychedelic or more like the um, like the reishi and the, um, the not psychedelic mushrooms or like they they don't have the psilocybin or the psilocin for legal yeah, purposes. Like, I imagine. I yeah. Yeah, we're still yeah still working towards that in in America. Yeah, like have, you, have can... you looked into the um the, the places in Central America that do like, and in Costa Rica they have mushroom retreats. They, they do yes. uh, peyote, I believe, or is it no ayahuasca? Yeah, ayahuasca, all that. Have you looked into or been to any of those? Yeah, I mean, I haven't been to any of them. I I know people who have. Um, I think I think it's great. There's even you know different shamans you know coming here with their medicine and having the ceremonies here like i'm in ontario canada um and that's another huge plus but like i said sometimes you can go to one of those things have a totally profound amazing experience then you go back in your day-to-day life and a couple days or weeks later it's like okay but how do i bring that back and how or if the 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 subconscious starts again with the 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 you know the, the thoughts that they're always thinking it's like oh no but how do I get back to that state that I was on on that drug on that trip and so that's why I think these um the psychedelic assisted therapy where it's combined with talk therapy it's with mm-hmm. somebody it's pro it's over like a longer period of time I think we're gonna see um some really amazing results with that because it's it's not to say like maybe for some people one one ceremony could be totally life-changing and have long lasting effects. I think for more people though, um, it's it's kind of this ongoing therapeutic uh, process, but like in, the, in some of the clinical studies coming out, just one dose of the psilocybin or whatever it is, was having great, like amazing benefits for addiction, um, cigarette cessation um, and things like that. So, and, and depressive symptoms, just one dose was having like positive impacts six months later. And so that's, that's pretty huge when you compare it to the traditional treatments. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, yeah, they, they, don't, they don't want us to get away from the traditional treatments is it's another hurdle we're going to have to get across because they want us to take a pill like a SSRI, which yeah. they exaggerate how much they help. I mean, if you can do a psychedelic session, like you said, um, so, uh, some, with some therapy, a psychedelic session, maybe what once every once or twice a year, 
Yeah. Something like that. Then there's not a lot of money for big pharma in that, but there's so much more benefit from the person. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think we could talk a long time about big pharma, but um, like those, those side effects too, of those types of medications, time needs to go on before we know all the side effects, before we know everything about these drugs and the impact that they have on somebody long-term, right? Which now that it's been a couple of decades, now we're, now we're seeing like there was, there's negative side effects of those too, which with the psychedelics, um, if you read through the, the literature, there's very, very, very minimal um, side of like negative side effects. Well, I agree completely. And I, I remember I was told, I, I don't know if you, you guys didn't have dare there, did you? I've heard. Yeah. Yep. You did, yeah, so, we yeah. so we were told stories, you know, LSD, if, if you do it one time, it stays in your body for like seven years and, yeah. and, and you'll, you'll have flashbacks. And if you crack your spine, you'll go into a trip. I'm, it's all ridiculous. None of it's yeah. true. Yeah. But um, so and a lot of people were scared of it for that. Also, you heard stories of people jumping off bridges or staring at the sun till they go blind. And these stories, there, there were people that killed themselves, but there's people that kill themselves who are sober that are depressed. I mean, there's the, the, they exaggerated these claims, but the staring at the sun, do you go blind thing? That was stories that were perpetuated or the guy that thought he was a glass of orange juice for the rest of his life. And if he tipped over, he died. These are just crazy stories that, yeah. but some people still believe them when you like, that's why LSD yeah. is such a hard sell because of the unfortunate nickname acid. So when you go, we should legalize acid. They think you're out of your mind acid. Like it sounds like it's going to eat your brain away, but yeah. I've had really, really, um, you know, profound experiences taking LSD and um, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that those stories that got perpetuated are still sort of around lingering. But again, I think that's, that's changing like so dramatically right now, Um, you know, MDMA, which we would always thought of as a party drug. um, Look at the, I believe it's maps. Like, you know, there's so Mm -hmm. much, found um for alcoholism and you want to talk about you know the dangers and deaths of drugs like look at alcohol the just car crashes alone i mean but we don't Domestic talk about violence, that right that's all, that's all just like also yeah, alcohol withdrawal just, can kill you heroin withdrawal can't kill you alcohol withdrawal can there's yeah. so many more dangerous things about alcohol but it's the thing is we learned prohibition was worse it was like when you had prohibited alcohol it was even worse than it is when it's legal yeah. So how do we not take that same message with more benign drugs like cannabis? Like why, how the, we're just not learning our lesson. I mean, mm -hmm, it's part of this, I think, huge paradigm shift in also understanding kind of, it might sound a bit out there, but like the nature of this whole existence, the nature of reality, like the getting back to nature, getting back to the natural world. We started that conversation earlier, like cannabis psychedelics are coming a lot of them are coming right from you know mother earth and that's 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 our home that's all of our home right and so getting getting that our heads our minds around that i think is um dissolving a lot of the fear and Mm -hmm. um because that was pushed on us it was just pushed on us that you have to think in this way and you have to go and do this and all all these types of things and you know, of course they didn't want people to think so much outside of that, right. Outside of that narrative. So. Exactly. And I think that um, also with a lot with the spreading of information, people are seeing the devastating side of the war on drugs with the cartels, but also with our mass incarceration 
And um, and then we saw what happened in Baltimore during the shutdown as they stopped arresting for small drug dealers and uh, possession charges. They just quit arresting across the board just for COVID because they didn't want people to be in the jails. And then they, they thought crime would go up. Crime went down. So when, when they opened back up, they said, you know what, we're not going to go back to arresting for those things. The war on drugs is over there. So. Yeah, and that's huge. That's a that's a big win, right? We're mm-hmm. making kind of logical um, uh, um, decisions based on what we're seeing, and I think that's at least, like you said about the technology, the way information is is spreading so rapidly around, um, and also the human spirit. Like we're we're a lot of us, you know, we're we're kind of tired of this thing, and we're standing up now. We're advocating for responsible drug use and for these things so i think that's getting harder to suppress whereas before like you had groups of people but it was much harder to like have you know networks of people across the world all saying the same thing and so i think that's getting really hard to to ignore and deny and that's that's amazing that's awesome it is and it's and it's also just becoming more and more into the popular culture where people don't question it as much so not like you're not on the fringe of society if you've admitted to eating mushrooms or something it used to be that way are you familiar with alex gray no he's an artist uh he has a psychedelic church in new york it's it's amazing stuff like 3d art and it's all it's out way out in the woods and um but it's, it's pretty cool, the psychedelic church idea, because we have a very conservative Supreme Court now. And so they've made a lot of rulings in favors of, uh, you know, of uh, four churches. But the thing is, we're not a theocracy. So, Christ, so they're making decisions on Christianity. But when the psychedelic church ultimately end up in the Supreme Court, they're going to have a hard time saying, well, you're not allowed to have your church with the psychedelics, but, but the Christians can do whatever they want. So they're going to kind of hands will be tied, which is I think is kind of fascinating. I think we're going to see a lot of religious spirituality religion is a weird word but spiritual movements with psychedelics and that's exciting in itself too yeah and i think that's happening like we were mentioning earlier i think you know 20 30 40 years ago even meditation or things like that were kind of still like or like going to therapy even just like regular therapy was seen as kind of like not taboo but like um you know it was it was against this right so people were there was so much stigma about it and just in these last few decades i mean what a transformation um people like yoga meditation mindfulness is being so integrated into into the culture into schools into with children and so i think that is exactly like in sync with the psychedelic movement the spiritual kind of awakening if you will um taking you know spreading and like a lot of the wisdom and practices you know things from eastern religions are like yeah coming to the west and that's just that's how consciousness works right like it is where it's it's just expanding at such a rate right now our overall individual and collectively and so i think that's yeah of course it's just being more and more and more accepted integrated and probably will you know going to continue I agree. And I'm, I'm seeing it with all, I, I, I was raised very religious. Uh, uh, my whole family is very Christian, but I have family members that are still, they they're still believe in Christianity and all that, but they also bring books about like Buddha's brain. My cousin gave me, she's like, this book's great. I wish my dad would read it, but he's, he's a little more old school. He, he wouldn't get his head yeah. around it, but she did. She's yeah. like, Oh, I love this. Now she's a yoga instructor. So right. it's definitely been there, some of these things. They don't have to exist separately. If you're, if you want to be a Christian, you can still meditate and do yoga. You don't have to, you know, just. Yeah. I think there's so much fear around, around certain, 
certain things from certain um, groups and places. And, you know, you can hear kind of big claims Christian Christianity might make about even things like yoga. And it's, it's, it's very bad, right? It's evil. It's, it's this sort of they, thing. They want a monopoly and, on spirituality and they don't right. have it. Um, you know, that actually the drug war was started by the conquistadors and then the, um, the, the, the um, settlers, they outlawed peyote because they couldn't compete with peyote when they were trying to convert the natives to Christianity. They're like, we have a wine and a cracker. And they're like, <laughs> we have peyote and we can see God. So yes. like, well, then we're going to not allow you to do that. Exactly. Exactly. That would go against the sort of this mainstream sort of narrative and uh, belief system that is, that is uh, collapsing right now. Oh, you know, what's fascinating though. Have you, uh, you know, Brian, Mir- uh, his last names, Brian, Brian mirror rescue. The guy wrote the lost connect or the, the immortality key. Okay. It's a, it's a really interesting book. Harvard's actually doing a course on it now because of, he opened up this whole door of the, the, uh, the beginnings of Christianity. Actually, he's pretty certain they were, that it was a psychedelic cult and it goes back to Dionysian. Uh, oh, wow. These were these things in uh, Greece. And basically he was reading the studies, the psychedelic studies that are coming out now through John Hopkins and stuff like that about the uh, mushroom psychedelic, the, the psilocybin studies. And he said the people, you know, because the, there's the end of life treatments that they're doing for people that are yes. you know, terminal. End of life distress, yeah. Yeah. So he said people that would come out of these things that would just say, I'm like no longer afraid to die, just loving at peace with everything. He's like, these are the same things he was reading because this guy studied ancient Greece. He's like, they would go to this, these, these Dionysian temples or Eleusian and have these experiences and write the same things. He's like, they were doing some kind of psychedelic. He's, and he's, so he's actually oh, this whole thing about how, anyway, it's just fascinating. It would take too, yeah. too long to get into all the details, but it's a great yeah. book called The Immortality Key. Okay, awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, the, the end of life distress, um, just helping people to accept that, that's, that's, that's huge. And there's many different, I mean, the PTSD, um, OCD, body dysmorphia, um, trauma. I mean, we all, we all, I'm going to say all have a bit of that. Right. And so, I, I, I would say all of us do, because even if you've had a perfect life, you still have to deal with the, the death of your parents eventually or, or yes. people you love. I mean, everybody's going to have some kind of trauma. That's just a, an unfortunate part of life. Yeah. But um, so that, that that's the term. Have you ever heard the term, the betterment of well people? That, the idea is that so. what's that? I think so. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's just the idea that just because you're, you're not, like messed up or addicted or extremely depressed doesn't mean you can't get better. Also, everybody can grow. So just because I'm not, you know, actually sick with something that, you know, I could still benefit from psychedelics and the the end end of uh, life thing, the people that are terminal, were getting these mushroom treatments, but what about their loved ones who have to then watch them? Why can't they get the help also from understanding life the way that the person who is terminal is? Yeah. To process that the the grief the underlying feelings and just for like what you were saying the betterment of what is it the well well people of well people yeah um psychedelics exactly you don't have to have a big you know thing so that you want to just improving your relationship with yourself will automatically you know improve the relationships with the people in your life your your work life and boost creativity um Everybody, I mean, a lot, most people have stress, so it reduces stress, conflict, you know, just how you interpret your, your reality, your world, and how you relate to others and yourself and 
the whole world like that's endless <laughs> endless sort of potential for for anybody you're right like doesn't you don't have to have one specific um illness or condition to to want to treat exactly and like you said we all have some kind some sort of trauma and i think most people have depression whether it's it might not be enough for you to go seek therapy you just but everybody has i i have you know you have bad days I mean, who doesn't there. yeah it's just there it's like this subtle sort of thing i mean like like I was saying, it, we're so overstimulating and we're being almost like driven into um, not connecting and not community, but rather like isolation and separation. And I think one of the negative um, outcomes of COVID and, and the pandemic and the, these lockdowns is people are more isolating. I mean, just, just looking at the opioid crisis alone, the numbers between like once COVID really hit, is 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 like staggering how much worse people how much more people got into maybe their addictions or their their, their those behaviors that they even might have been working so hard to, to get out of and then all of a sudden barriers are increasing socialization is like a no-no now and it's like that's that's a huge huge tragedy it is and yeah it was hard on a lot of people I mean, I'm, I'm in Florida, so we had it the easiest because, yeah. you know, that's a, it's a whole political yeah. thing there. Every, anyway, I don't want to get into any of that stuff, but yeah. Florida, we opened right back up, but I have friends in North Carolina. That's where I'm from. And um, they were out of work for a long time. And a lot of them, uh, if the ones that were alone were really alone. And I have friends that, yeah. that are dealing with addiction and it's not been, it's not been an easy road for them. 2020 has been very bad for some people. Yeah. So, yeah. So hopefully, you know, these these kind of treatments are becoming more accessible for the people who actually need them most and can prevent deaths and overdose deaths and um yeah and depression and suicide and also ptsd people that you know are, are, have suffered trauma with war or other things they come back and i mean domestic abuse and all these things can go down we can create a healthier society if we allow people to get these therapies. And I, I think that, I think what you guys are doing is a great thing. I think we're, we're moving in the right direction. Finally, you can see that war on drugs slowly ending. Yeah. Cause we don't want to pass all, it all down to through our kids and kids, kids. And, you know, we can have that opportunity now to, to stop that generational, you know, pain and just the, those, those programs that we have. So that, that's, these are psychedelics are a tool, right. That we can, heal so much and not just ourselves but the, the lineage going forward as we continue to to live and evolve you know so that's that's really 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 powerful i agree and they're they're a gift the earth gave us a gift uh, to show us something more that, that, that this there's more to this universe and this world and to our own consciousness than we could ever imagine and it's a beautiful thing people need to see that i think it's important yeah, and they need to be treated with reverence respect they are sacred 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 medicine they are well anything else you want to add before we wrap it up um no i i appreciate so much this opportunity thank you and thank you for, for being on as well like you're doing really great work i checked out some of your stuff as well so thank you Very and cool. um yeah all right well it was great talking with you and hopefully we'll uh talk to you again yeah thank you so much for having me take care right. aaron right, you too bye Okay, that was Amanda with the Psilocybin Academy. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Peacenix, for joining us. Check out psilocybinacademy.com. Show your support. Subscribe. 
maybe buy a psychedelic yoga ticket. I myself won't be able to make it to Portland this January, but yoga on psychedelics is definitely in my future. If any of you do go, let me know. I'll have to get you on the podcast so we can talk about it. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Peace Peace out. Peace out.